Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. Welcome to another T2 Hubcast with me, Dave Pendleton. Um, I'm going to carry on the series of uh, upcasts on customer service and the six elements of customer service uh, in terms of cultures. Um, just as a really quick recap, um, I did a, an original upcast uh, which has already been published on the T2 Hub around the, the six key elements that, from my perspective and experience, need to be present in an organization to have what I call a real service culture. I don't just mean a service offering. I mean a, a real service culture where every single human that's involved in service truly believes in service to their very core. So what were those six elements? Well, there is, of course, listen, um, which is just around listening to customers' input constantly. It's analyze, it's empower, it's agility, it's speed, and it's improvement. When those six things are in place in an organization to ultimate levels, um, you will have some really, really great wins and great success with customers. So uh, a previous hubcast was indeed around listen. So today's hubcast is going to be around uh, analyze and the analysis um, of many different things around service. So I'm just going to break that down for you on this hubcast. So in terms of in terms of analyze, what is it I mean by analyze? Well, I, I guess it's a it's a it's, a, it's an ordinary, everyday, business-specific thing that we should be doing on an ongoing basis. You know, we should be looking at what we do, how we do it, and the way we do it every single day and analysing whether we are doing it well enough, big enough, long enough, straight enough, et cetera, et cetera, um, constantly on an ongoing basis to try and understand where the gaps are. So if we understand where the gaps are, obviously we can start filling those gaps and we can start um, potentially making our service offering or our service product or whatever it might be, that's slightly better for those people that buy it from us or receive it from us. So really quite frequently um, when I'm running customer service training days for organizations and businesses, um, quite early on, I asked the group the question, how do you measure the success of the customer service department? And quite frequently, um, I met with a, almost a, a blank or vague kind of response or maybe the most senior person or the customer service leader in the room will will kind of say well we have some kind of measurement tool um it's not often we visit it uh, and it's very infrequently that we actually do anything with the results so of course my response to that is well how do you uh, increase the quality of your offering if you aren't really sure how good it is right now? And of course, the, the response is very similar to the first question uh, and it's kind of vague at best. So, so interestingly, um, in terms of analyze, there are, there are many different things that customer service departments, customer service leaders, managers, and even customer service um, staff and agents should be analyzing. Um, the very first thing is, is analyzing uh, customer feedback. Um, all too frequently, customer service um, organizations and businesses 
don't listen to the feedback that they are being given, particularly from customers who have got a problem. We, we spend lots of money, or organizations and businesses spend lots of money on, on a, a fantastic piece of training called conflict management. Um, I myself, you know, in days gone by, have been involved in, in conflict management training, you know, which of course consists of things like, you know, handling customer complaints and dealing with emotionally elevated customers and, you know, creating rapport and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, you know, there is there is a place for it, I guess, for sure. Um, but none of that conflict handling training, from my experience in the past, has, has actually involved in listening to the customer and understanding exactly what they are saying, but moreover, having a place on a system to record what the issue and what the complaint was, uh, and then passing that feedback um, onto a different department who can stack these different levels of feedback up, um, analyze them, and understand exactly where the patterns are and where the correlations are. Of course, once, once we start to understand patterns and correlations, we can start to understand exactly where the gaps are, the real gaps, that is, the gaps that are being given to us by the people receiving our products and services and doing something about it, you know, where possible and where appropriate. So there's the first thing that people need to be uh, analysing. They need to be analysing exactly what the quality of their service offering is according to the people that are receiving it, i.e. the customers. So what else should we be analysing? Well, we need to be analysing how good our people are or how good your people are. I think it's a I think it's a true statement, and I use this statement in sales as well. Is that very few people go through, you know, full time education, college, and maybe even university, with aspirations to become a customer service deliverer, a customer service person, a customer service leader or manager. Very few people, in my experience, have ever done that, if any. Uh, it just seems to be a job that people fall into which the comparable of sales is a very good one because very few people set out on a life journey to become a salesperson. Uh, and this is where the problems lie for, for lots of organizations and businesses. We, we tend to put people into customer service positions that maybe have got some experience in something or other that's dealing with other people. Uh, and as long as um, you know they are relatively articulate and, uh, and they can communicate in a relatively successful manner and they can use a, a keyboard and a mouse navigate through a few computer systems then you know we, we tend to to deem them as a, a capable and competent customer service person well of course you know we know and certainly from my experience customer service uh, is much greater and broader than just being able to talk to people you know and operate a couple of computer systems um, some of the some of the the most successful customer service people I've ever worked with uh, and and indeed trained have been some of the best humans I guess that I've ever worked with too, because there are certainly some traits that that truly successful um, customer service people need to be able to display, uh, and the very first one of those is empathy. I'm not going to go through all of these by the way because that's going to be on a, on a separate um, hubcast. However. Um, Truly uh, empathetic people uh, have just got a really good way of dealing with other people because the thing that troubles me as a customer service uh, person would be how the customer is feeling, uh, and I want to put that feeling right. So we we take ourselves away from blame, we take full responsibility, and we really try our best. We endeavor to to help that customer feel better. Now, I guess the question you, you may be posing to yourself is, well, how do we analyze that? Well, we can't just analyze that in isolation because that would give us 
you know, quite a skewed picture, I guess, on the success of our customer service people. But it certainly should be one of the things that we are measuring. We should also measure the traits, the other traits that, that we include in our customer service model, uh, which, which again, I will go into on a, on a, on a different podcast. However, um, there are a whole bunch of things around um, contact time, you know, how quickly I will respond to customers' needs, the, the resolution, how long did it take us to resolve specific customer issues, um, you know, cost, I guess, because cost is always an issue. Uh, and certainly from my experience, lots of businesses and organizations do have um, fairly broad customer service teams, um, but it's quite frequent that the budgets aren't very broad to be able to match customer resolutions and customer resolution needs. Um, so whilst it is funded, it's maybe not funded as well as it needs to be. Um, there's behaviors that we can measure. There's, as I mentioned, resolutions, there is communication, um, there's pickup time. There's all sorts of different things that we need to be measuring in terms of the success of our customer service people, success of resolutions, and then, of course, customer satisfaction. We absolutely need to measure customer satisfaction, not just on an ongoing basis, but certainly at the end of um, customer problems. Uh, and, 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 and I guess... The, um, the success uh, rate in which we are resolving customer problems and the satisfaction around that. Um, so, so really just to summarize, I guess, just on the analysis uh, topic is I just wonder how businesses and organizations deem their customer service departments and indeed their customer service people as successful and satisfactory if they aren't analyzing their performance on an hourly, daily basis? Well, I don't know the answer to that question, so this is why I guess I'm putting this podcast out there, hopefully to get the customer service leaders and managers out there posing that question in your business. How successful are we, uh, and what is the information, and how credible are the answers that we're coming to? Okay, so that's going to just conclude this podcast for now. Um, hopefully that's been useful and uh, I'll see you again on another customer service topic very soon. Bye-bye.